0: Good morning, and this is the Sunday op-ed for January the 5th, 2020, and this one is written by Reverend Victor Robert Farrell, and also read by the Reverend Victor Robert Farrell. As we are once more on the verge of another foreign war, I ask the question, what is that greater war that is worth fighting and dying for? I joined the Royal Navy 42 years ago in 1977, and eventually served as a Polaris Submariner. After four and a half years having secured a place at Britannia Royal Navy Officer Training College in Dartmouth, my life took an altogether different direction when I went into the Christian ministry. Recent events have had me thinking as to just why I joined the armed forces. Upon reflection, I joined the Royal Navy for half a dozen reasons and in no particular order. Number one, I wanted to leave my small town goldfish bowl and see the world. Number two, I was proud of my country and even the Queen and the BBC. Imagine that. Number three, my family had served in the armed forces and it was a revered and respected organisation. Number four, I quite literally wanted to wear what I thought was the smartest uniform in the world. Unfortunately, it proved to be as itchy as John the Baptist's underpants. Even so, I wanted to wear it and be covered with all the history and former glory it represented. Number five, I wanted to be and become a man and therefore wanted the company of men and all that that meant. Number six, Number six, coming from a mining community, I did not want to go down the pit. Oh, and for those readers who do not know what a pit was, a pit was a place of work containing now discarded fuel, which could be used today in clean power stations. A pit was a place which provided whole communities with work, housing, camaraderie, hope, connectivity and purpose. A pit was a place of work, which, when destroyed by Tarzan and the woman with the iron handbag, devastated communities, dismantled local cohesion and connectivity, and replaced them with hate, hopelessness, drugs, and rising young male suicide. After a couple of generations, some of these communities have yet to recover. Anyways... I did not want to go down the pit, so I joined the Royal Navy towards the end of the Cold War and was greeted by a foul-mouthed and hairy-faced parade ground instructor who screamed in my face, nose to nose, I'm your mother now, lad, for which I was thankful as mine had recently died an agonising death by lung cancer. Forty fags a day will do that to you, mind you. That was a long time ago. So why do people now want to join the armed forces of today? why would they put their lives on the line in fighting and dying in foreign wars is the driving force still for queen and country for uniform glory and for the honor of ancestral heritage i personally ceased to be a royal a long time ago oh don't get me wrong i do respect her majesty and i do sing the national anthem and i also actually pray those words with deep sincerity which say god save our gracious queen Amen, and let it be so. But over the years, the House of Windsor has turned me into an ardent Christian Republican. Indeed, I would also abolish the unelected House of Lords and create a new and elected house. I would dismantle the Crown Office and all the Royal Networks, including Lord Lieutenants. And of course, I would follow an elected presidential system. For sure, the Puritans missed an but that's another story. Even so, I do wonder if our constitutional monarchy is coming to a close. Frankly, I think it's time it did. The bottom line for me, and I suspect for many others, is that I would now never die for royalty. And I do not think the majority of thinking people today would either. No, I would not fight or die for royalty, nor for what they represent. Okay, would I die for my country then, and what it currently represents in its present multicultural, pluralistic, and diverse manifestation? Noting that over the last few years, the armed forces recruitment videos have been thoroughly taken over by politically correct nonsense, and who can forget the ridiculous videos of the inclusion of Muslim prayer on a squaddy foot patrol, what utter nonsense. And also noting the continued reluctance of people to voluntarily join up, I'm not sure the vast majority of people would die for this country either. Would I fight and die for my country and what it currently represents and is morphing into? No, I don't think I would. What then would I fight and die for? I think the dismantling of the regimental system and its vast local pull of recruits was the most disastrous decision ever made by the armed forces. The reason is very simple. In the end, people fight and die for their friends, for their oppos, for their mates, even for the people with them who hold the same roots and values in every sense of those words. I am afraid we no longer all hold the same roots and values in this country, and the current united values orbiting around the ideal of inclusion at any price holds no power whatsoever. What would I fight and die for? I would fight and die for my people, and my people are those who share the same blood-bought cultural values. I live in Scotland and am surrounded by working-class people like myself. We are proud of our regimental heritage, and I know many older people who have served in these ancient regiments. But where are now Cameroonians, the Gordon Highlanders, the Black Watch? i tell you where they are, they are long since bundled together into a combined Scottish regiment bolstered by fighters from abroad. The old regiments are gone. However, the patriotic pride connected to them is not. There you go, I used the P word, didn't I? Patriotism. I consider myself a patriot. However, I will not fight nor die for any earthly king, nor for a country that hates the Lord Jesus Christ, my heavenly king. And so for me, the fighting applications of being a patriot lies neither in the present manifestations of my country nor its projected future. No, my patriotism lies in the embers of the past and I wonder if a powerful patriotism is to once more begin to flourish in these islands then society and culture must now reach into the Christian past of these lands for the present offers nothing to fight and die for. My personal fear, however is that the future in this fracturing union of nations within these islands could break us apart, and the previous sectarian troubles could be child's play compared to what might come. In addition, and as the number of Muslims in this country breaks the three million mark and continues to rise, make no mistake about it that Islam will become more militant among us in the times to come. What other religion do you know that raises the blood-red flag of revenge over its places of worship? As Allied commitments could tomorrow seemingly draw what's left of these nations' armed forces into continued foreign wars, it seems that our soldiers, sailors and airmen have little choice as to who and what they fight for abroad. And I do not believe that our current Parliament will stop our participation in the possible coming carnage. Or the next one or the next. I wonder then, however, if each of us must now needs consider what we will fight and die for in the present wars at home. For the future of our Christian nation, its culture and its values are being trampled underfoot, and our inheritance along with it all. This is the greater war, and we must use all democratic and peaceful means to engage in it, whilst these means remain open to us. This op-ed, of course, written and read by myself, the Reverend Victor Robert Farrell, is my personal take on our present situation, and the editorial team of The Way neither commends nor condones what I have written or said.